There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We're certainly thankful for each of you that are listening. Thank for those of you that tune in, those of you using this for family devotions. And I want to welcome all of our newer listeners, those who haven't been listening real long. We're certainly thankful for each of you. Folks have contacted us, told us they're tuning in, and we certainly appreciate that. We will be local the next four Sundays. We will be within an hour and a half drive uh, so we can go back and forth. Don't have to spend the night anywhere. We certainly are thankful for that. And we'll be over in East Broad Top City uh, this Sunday over in Dublin Mills the following in Mont Alto Bible Baptist Church. And uh, as the Lord sees fit to move and say sees fit to place us out there, but until then, we are going to be at home. How we do thank the Lord for that. I'm going to use the message I preached this last week at the Black Creek Baptist Church on Sunday morning. I've just run out of time. Didn't really have time to focus to study. I don't want to just throw out there an ill-fated product because of my lack of study. So I'm going to use the message I preached this Sunday. And so we certainly thank the Lord for each of you listening. Pastor said he wasn't envious of me driving four and a half hours this afternoon. It's not the drive. It's the run off the road that's the problem. The drive's not that bad. It's when you go in the ditch. And so my wife does not like that at all. The children like it, but my wife does not like it. And so do please pray for us. Thank you for the invitation always to come to Youth Week. I had a, a, a text this morning. Someone just asked for prayer. She said, God's been dealing with it. Amen. Amen. What more could you ask for? What more could you invest in? What more could you want? That God would open up the eyes of the blind. Circumcise the ear of the deaf. That God could wrought a miracle called the new birth. And how would you thank the Lord? The day in Blaine, even as I speak, yes, Brother Church, he's not done. Brother Mike Church is preaching. And there's several that traveled some out, from out of state up here, and they stopped in Blaine on the way home, which is way out of their way, but they stopped there for the services this morning. But we also left some of our people. They were in this meeting. They've gone back to Blaine. And they've left here with understanding and saying aloud they don't know Jesus Christ. Some of them are fairly young. And I marveled at this, and I said, wouldn't it be a wonder if God would work in some of these young people, and I do mean young people's lives, the older you get, the harder you get. The older you get, the more stubborn you get. It wouldn't be a marvel if God began to work in some of these 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds. It'd probably shame a lot of us. We'd ask the Lord to do that. The zeal they have, 
the strength they have, the vitality of youth is so needed. We need to pray for these young people. Pray that God would deliver them. God would work in their lives and bring them to Jesus Christ. So again, church, thank you. I'm not going to send a thank you. Well, I guess I could sign this one. (laughs) Five stars, Jennifer. McVeigh's. Amen. (laughs) I doubt Michelin's coming by. Sorry. But if they ever did, they'd give you a one star at least. Amen. But we do just want to say thank you. Thank you for your kindness to us. We had to leave um, the place we were staying. I came down this morning out of the shower, and they'd thrown our stuff down the stairs. So <laughs> eventually you just get the hint. <laughs> Amen. They tried to throw it down last night, but we locked the door. So they <laughs> Let's go to First Peter 1, and we'll just start somewhere and see where we end up. It's always a, a difficult thing to me to stand and preach after a week like this. And so much has been said, so much that was needed. And I'm and says in all sincerity of heart, I think sometimes when you finish a meeting like this, what's just needed is balm. Not to soothe those that are discomforted, but the reality that was even stated this week already is that we go back to real life. Tomorrow, we face our normal life. Those of you that are involved in this meeting, by Thursday, you'll be in the grind of work and labor and family, and you'll be back to normal. But everything doesn't have to be normal. Everything doesn't have to be the same it used to be. You can take the things you've heard this week and apply them to your heart and to your life. In 1 Peter 1.11, so in verse 10, actually, just one of the themes, we've been on this for, I guess, about eight or nine months now. And just, it's just a catapult is all this is. He says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time. And notice this, he said, the spirit of Christ, which was in them, that's internal, that's within did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and, then he said, the glory that should follow. There's twofold to the ministry that he speaks of here as those prophets prophesied. But here's the key word. He said, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them. Why did they slay the prophets? Because they didn't believe what they said. They simply, like people today, well, that's just a man. That's just a mere mortal man. He is just the same as I am. He's just just like you and I, not understanding the calling of God. Were the prophets better than anybody? No, they were not. But they were holy men of God. The Word of God told us that. Did they arrive sooner than anybody else? No, they did not. They had struggles in life just like you and I have. The difference between them is they were set apart to prophesy. And the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify beforehand the sufferings of Christ. He said, and then the glory that should follow. Let me go ahead and finish this rule. I know most of you are familiar with this. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. And I want to just look at this briefly. I realize most of us are familiar with what is taking place in Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to try to get through this in a little bit. 
But in verse 22, he said, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, or in Acts 2.2.2, easy to remember. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, that's Jesus Christ, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. There it is. That's his prophet signifying beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. How did he do that? By the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. This did not surprise God. This was planned. This is from the foundations of the, of the world, by the way, that God has planned this. And therefore this prophet spake concerning this. And he said, whom God hath raised up. Let me back up verse 23. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Your pastor, a couple of years ago, made the statement. It just didn't ring in my brain. I wasn't prepared for it, ready for it. But he made it again several years later. And just a few years ago, he made the statement that rang a resonant in my heart. And I'll tell you why it did. He used scripture. And he said on this wise, For I did unto you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Then what took place was buried. Then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What I've heard most of my life is this. The gospel is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what bears error in that is which Christ? Which gospel? The only gospel that has weight is the gospel according to the scriptures. Amen. The death of Christ according to the scriptures. The burial and then the resurrection of Christ according to the scriptures. That is what Peter is speaking of in this place and in this manner in Acts 2. And in verse 25, for David, verse 24, for whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it, for David speaketh. Now he begins to identify that David, that great prophet of God, he speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Then after he quotes Psalm 16, he says this. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried. What does he tell you? This cannot be David. This absolutely cannot be David. Yet there are some that resist that. There are some that fight that. No, that's just David there. They have to explain away the scriptures to, to confirm their doctrine. And to confirm their doctrine, they have to deny what Peter said. But they won't do that because their doctrine is more important to them than the word of God. He said, moreover, living with my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. That was verse 27. In verse 29, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. And then he tells you, therefore, being a prophet. So God tells you he's a prophet. How did Jesus Christ die, according to the scriptures? How did the prophets speak? 
by the Spirit of Christ, which was in them. How did David speak? By the Spirit of Christ, which was in him. And he goes on, and then he says, that knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, he did have knowledge, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And then in verse 31, he says, he's seeing this before. What were prophets of old called? They were called seers. Why? They saw things. He's seeing this before. He says, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Let's go back to Acts 13. Now I want to just talk about David for just a moment in Acts 13. And Peter again is, or excuse me, Paul rather, is preaching this great message and he's ministering to the saints of God. And it begins at verse 27. He said, For they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. Now, what did they not know? They didn't know him or the voice of the prophets. Why did Peter give his first message to the church on Psalm 16? Because they didn't know the prophets. What's wrong today? They don't believe the law and the prophets. They have a Jesus void of Scripture. They have a relationship void of Scripture. And that's why they're satisfied with daily bread or daily anointing or chicken soup for the soul rather than the Word of God because their relationship is outside of the Scriptures. They have a Jesus, but it's not necessarily the Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And he said, knowing the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. What do we do here every Sunday? I almost said Sabbath day. I'd be confused. What do we do every Sunday, Lord's Day? First day of the week. We assemble and we read the scriptures, do we not? And we preach the scriptures. Yet there are some without knowledge. There are some in unbelief. There are some that do not believe those things written in the law and the prophets. Yet every Sunday we stand here and read the scriptures, preach the scriptures. Why? They don't believe. So in that wise, he said they have fulfilled him in condemning him. In verse 28, though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. What is this? The greatest cover-up ever. They don't know the scriptures, but they condemn Jesus Christ. They denied the scriptures, they condemned Jesus Christ. They find no fault in him, but rather than expose the fact that they're ignorant to the word of God and ignorant to the scriptures, they just went ahead and condemned him anyway. Why? Because it pricked him in the heart. They were convicted by their own conscience. They were troubled at his words. So what did they do? They denied him. Their misery caused them to deny him. Because on this wise, using modern terms, their conviction caused them to reject the Son of God and put Him on the cross. The pain the conviction causes, the cuttings of the heart, the pricking in the heart. That's why He said unto Him, Saul, Saul, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What are those pricks? Those little bits of cutting to the flesh. Those little bits of sorrow within. And by the way, it is physical. And a man told me recently, he said he was dealing with somebody under conviction. He said this 
said it literally, uh, this person was hanging over the commode in fear that they were going to vomit. They were under such heavy conviction. As you go ride in the agony of their soul. Why? Because it affects your body. It is a prick. It is a cut. It is wounds. And it's the Holy Ghost trying to make manifest the Word of God to you. And yet denying Him, denying the Word of God, denying the truth. We wrestle, fight. We think it's flesh and blood. But it's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Therefore, that's why people lash out at the nearest thing they can lash out, which is flesh and blood. Yeah. It's why they tear down the preacher. It's why they tear down the body. It's why they talk and gossip and deceit. Because they lash out at what they can see because they don't want to believe what they can't see. So these wounds come, these hurts come. The Word of God comes. And he goes on, he says, and they had fulfilled all that was written of him in verse 29. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. In verse 34, he says, as concerned that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he saith also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. In verse 36, he says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his father's, and saw corruption. In verse 37, but he whom God raised again saw no corruption. So what did they do? They despised the messenger. They hated the messenger. It wasn't the messenger that bothered them. It was the message. If you despise the messenger, you rest assured this, you are hiding conviction behind your despising of who's telling you what you need to hear. You know what's amazing? Nobody despises the Lutheran priest. Nobody despises the Catholic priest. They defend him to the core. He might be going to prison for assaulting children, but they defend him. They defend the woman preacher down at the Church of Christ. They defend the ministers of the gospel that assuage people and comfort people. They all love the hippie and the mandals and the long beard that bumps and sways and teaches them all to worship Jesus on LSD. They love Contempo Pastor with his little goatee and his little skin-tight blue jeans and his untouched shirt and his suave ways and and imbibes a little bit of wine and drinks a little bit of liquor now and then. And Boy, they just love him. Oh, he's a wonderful man. He's a great preacher. Oh, he's a wonderful pastor. I'll tell you what they despise. They despise a God-called preacher that stands and preaches in the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. 
You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all of night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.